three, two, one. Hello, everybody. It's D back at it again. Project Airwaves. And I got another session for you. Man, 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 woman, and everything, everyone in between. What in the hell? Without without spending too much time jumping off into the topic, because I'm 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 feeling all types of emotions. I just want to give you some backstory. Uh, we're gonna be talking about or I'm going to be talking about the situation that happened over in Forney, Texas with the Nash family and the whole whip, shooty, shooty, bang, bang fiasco. Uh, just give you a little backstory. I dealt with racism in my past. I would say, oh, from, I don't know, five up until like 25, 30-ish. I've been dealing with racism. And, and, and I mean this in a way of like not blatant racism not like kkk stuff more like what do they call it um that it's like it's like when people are being racist but they don't know they're being racist and then there's the other side where people are intentionally racist because they think in my mind i i i see it as they think so lowly of me that resorting to racism would be like a button for me to kind of set me off and, and so it's just it's it's really nuts but let me go ahead and just give you the story i'm gonna go through it real quick I'm sure you've already seen most of it. If not, look into it. There's news outlets all over the place, as well as um, videos out there that uh, you can watch to actually see the whole event. But just a quick rundown. A nine-year-old Caucasian boy decided to go to the Nash family's house with a whip and decide to start hitting on their door to get the attention. Now, the Nash family are African-American, black, people of color, however you want to phrase it they're black this white boy this little white boy decided that he wanted that day to get a whip go to this family's house and start whacking on the door threatening this family's young african-american daughter now the story that has come out since the situation went down was this little caucasian boy and this little african-american girl uh, they go to the same school they've been having issues back and forth what have you and i guess that day was that little boy's breaking point, I guess. So, uh, uh, you know, he's hitting the door. Uh, the mother of the residence answers the door. Of course, she has some very strong words for the child. Uh, he immediately kind of stops <laughs> his, uh, you know, his, his attack on the door <laughs> at that point. And apparently, allegedly, uh, prior to or after leaving the door, the boy left whip marks on this family's vehicle now shortly thereafter because the whole situation was recorded on the uh doorbell the ring doorbell or whatever it is the little ring camera that people have on their front door so the the father of the residence gets the footage uh they they obviously have had interactions before because it apparently it appears as though they already knew where this little boy lived that's not gunshots. That's a motorcycle. If you heard that, don't know. <laughs> but apparently they knew where this little boy lived because they went straight to his residence. The father, uh, the Nash family father spoke to or the boy's father's name is Brian Brunson. They went to the Brunson family residence where it was a father, the father conversation. And I can almost tell you the mindset that the Nash father had at the time. It was, you know, even if they had previous interactions, he still did his best to be respectful. You hear him saying, you know, your son was just at my house. Yes, he's a little heated, but he's like, we have the footage. Let me show it to you. I want to talk to you about this. You know, let's go ahead and squash this. But apparently 
Brian Brunson, I, I, uh, uh, just probably one of the stupidest people on earth at this time, just considering the social and political environment, decided that even though the, the Nash family father did not have a gun, it didn't appear that he had any weapons on him in any way, shape, and shape or form. He literally wanted to go there as defenseless and as non-aggressive as possible. Brian Brunson decides he's going to pull out his gun because even though he's standing in his house and the father of the Nash family is not making any advances to try and get into his house, put hands on him, cause him or his family any physical harm, harm his property, damage property. The Nash father is not doing anything like that. He's strictly talking to the father. Brian Brunson decides he wants to get his gun out and, and, and escalate the situation. So, of course, uh, Nash father backs up. You know, stuff just got really heated. Brian's daughter comes to the door. I guess Brian put the gun down. I don't know if he was doing it as like a show of force or whatever. He put it on the ground. They had some words. And then when he went to pick up the gun or sometime after he put the gun down where he went to retrieve the gun, the gun went off. Thankfully, nobody was shot or harmed. However, the gun and the direction it was facing at the time that the the round was discharged was in the direction of Brian's daughter. So he almost shot his own daughter trying to pose uh, 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 as, as, I don't know, as though he was in control of the situation uh, by pulling out a, a firearm. And then unfortunately it discharged. Um, thankfully, nobody was hurt. But it's just like, what what are we doing? What what are we doing? You know what I mean? Like what what are you First of all, what was put in your head as a child? I'm not even going to call you Mr. cuz that would be respectful. Uh Brian, what what was put in your head as a child and then what did you put in your children's heads? To uh, to the point where your son thought it was a good idea to take a whip and go to a black family's house and start beating on their door me and my girl were talking about this and actually me and a few other people were talking about this and I, I i posed the hypothetical situation what if that little girl had come outside what if she had answered the door would the little boy have proceeded to whip her and and if he did how violent would have would that have gotten before somebody would have gotten involved it's one of those things of i've mentioned this in previous episodes racism is not dead unfortunately it's not going anywhere and people are just getting really good at hiding it. And it's not just white people. I, I really don't want this to be a white on black thing. It's just racism in, in, in the, the broadest definition of the word I can think of, which is one person of one nationality assaulting another person of another nationality, white versus black, Asian versus black, Asian versus white, Middle Eastern, whatever culture or race you want to throw in there, racism is racism. Uh, in this situation, it was a white on black offense. And so it, it's just the reason I'm so worked up about this. And I felt the need to make a session about this is because, like I said, I've dealt with racism pretty much. Yeah. From my from my toddler years on up, pretty much as soon as I could understand English growing up in the 90s, black family. I was born in 1988, uh, you know, strong black family, you know, uh, single mother household, two boys, uh, mainly we when we weren't with my mom, we were with my grandfather and my grandmother at their house, uh, just being useful. And so uh, growing up, you know, as a younger child, you know, uh, I see my family, my people, you know, I'm seeing other African-Americans interact and I'm, you know, 
kind of you, you you know as a child you kind of watch things and you pick up on things and you hear things and you say things and things are corrected and that just helps kind of mold your overall view of the world as to how you're going to kind of proceed forward in life and so uh, as a child i dealt with racism because i did something really stupid uh this was when i guess you could say this incident was the incident where the racism kind of was so was just so in your face you couldn't ignore it so you know growing up like i said started about five of about five to i want to say 13 ish it was always just kind of that low-key racism they would you know maybe throw out the n-word under their breath or you know look at you sideways because you were in the store and you were touching stuff but you weren't buying anything yet uh you know if you dressed a certain way if you talked a certain way you know if you stared at people a certain way they kind of just got fidgety around you and it wasn't me specifically it was you know friends and family of mine when we would go out and so i really didn't deal with my like i guess you say one-on-one racism like where it was to my face uh, up until i was 13 did something really stupid uh, i was trying to impress my girlfriends at the time <laughs> and i i you know took a weapon to the bus stop uh, the weapon was taken from me, used on me. I fleed the scene. Uh, cops were called and I got arrested as a 12, 13 year old boy, went to juvie and all that stuff. The thing with that was when you break it down and you really look at the situation, I'm going to raise my hand. That was the stupidest move I ever fucking did. So let's not glance over what I did. It was a stupid fucking move. However, the way it was dealt with was very, very interesting to me. So at the time, my, my mother worked for the police department. And so we lived in a predominantly white neighborhood. Uh, we, we, you know, kind of, she moved us up. So we, we went literally from the bottom, you know, we were living on, living in the hood, people breaking into our house, stealing our stuff, things like that. And my mom, you know, just kept progressively taking us up to better parts of town. So when this particular situation happened, we were in a predominantly white neighborhood. Uh, it was like, we were one of only like maybe two or three black families in this whole entire neighborhood took up a whole city block. And it was just like probably two or three of us. So of course I flee the scene, went home. I'm scared. I'm like, ah, oh, crap, this is going to happen. So when the the officer showed up to my house, I opened the door, told him who I was yada, 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 it took me in apparently. So, uh, the, the weapon I had was, it was a pocket knife. And so when the officer wrote his report, he put that I had brought a machete and or a kitchen knife. So he made this thing sound way worse than it was. He also made it sound as though I had gone to the bus stop or yeah, to the bus stop with an intention to harm somebody that day. And that was never, ever the intention. As a matter of fact, uh, the girl, the, the girls that I was dating at the time, as well as some other people who obviously knew me around the neighborhood, uh, they even... Uh, I, I was going to say testified. They spoke out uh, to the officer in my defense. And, you know, they said, no, there was no aggressive uh, uh, attitude or anything like that. It was, actually wasn't until uh, the, the knife was taken from me that it was used against me up until that point. It, it literally was not used. I just pulled it out. Hey, look, this is cool. OK, put it away. Of course, like I said, my mother, my mother at the time is working for the police department. So this guy, of course, he's Caucasian. He gets me booked in the juvie, puts me in my little holding cell with my celly, and he calls my mom. And he gives her such an explanation as to what happened that he had my mother 
in tears. She was literally almost about to go into a full-blown panic attack, seizure, passing out everything. He, This man had made it sound as though I had killed someone and I was about to be prosecuted for for what had happened and it was like no that that wasn't even close to the situation and so after everything's all said and done without getting into too much more detail my mom you know after i got out and everything was kind of you know i guess you could say it was swept under the rug uh you know she told me she's like that that officer that that came to the residence and arrested you and you know put you in handcuffs she's like that was completely unnecessary she's like he's probably one of the biggest racist officers on the force uh, that she knew of at the time. And of course, that's because she had had interactions with him and of course dealt with his racism firsthand. And so, you know, when I'm sitting there, cause in my mind, I'm thinking I did something so wrong that I had deserved to be put in handcuffs. I had deserved, you know, to be berated by this officer and talked down to and treated less than because I made a mistake. That's how I felt from my upbringing, from my family. You know, I made a bad decision. Your actions have consequences, but you know, talking to my mom and really getting a feel for how stuff like this normally happens. Uh, it, it was blown way out of proportion. It was handled incorrectly all because I was black. Another uh, situation, same uh, location, actually same neighborhood, predominantly, predominantly white neighborhood. Um, one of my first days going to the bus stop because we were blessed enough that where my house was, the bus stop was literally right across the street. So I would cross the street to go to the bus stop. Well, about three or four houses down, there was this white family, of course. And the little brother, the little sister, and the middle sister, so little and middle, <laughs> uh, they decided that they were going to ride their bikes around me, circling around me at the bus stop and spitting cocoa puffs on me, shouting the N-word. Of course, you know, my parents weren't home at the time. Uh, you know, that's just how work worked. They were already gone. I was at the bus stop waiting for the bus. So this wasn't a situation where I could just run home and, you know, uh, uh, duck into a corner or whatever. I was going to miss the bus. I was going to miss school. I can't miss school because then my mom's going to have to come get me. She's going to do blah, 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 blah. So, of course, in my mind, I'm just sitting there going, take it, just deal with it. And, you know, thankfully, it never got physical. No, it did actually get physical, but not not to the extent where, you know, there was any police intervention or anything like that. But that that occasion uh, shortly thereafter, one of the times the boy chased me down the street, the little brother, he chased me down the street with a BB gun. I was on my bike. He was on foot. I was just, you know, riding up and down the street. And, and I don't want to make this sound cliche because I'm not trying to be like, oh, I'm perfect. And this little, but it was just one of those things where I literally was just being a little kid. I'm, you know, like I said, I'm about, um, at that time I was about 11, 12. So I'm just riding up and down the street on my bike, you know, not, not paying no, never mind. And I hear this, and I'm like, what is that? And I look behind me, and this little boy has a BB gun, a rifle, BB rifle, aimed dead at me, and he is shooting BBs in my direction. I didn't realize that at the time because, I, you know, adrenaline was pumping, but I felt this, like, stinging sensation in my back. I guess he had hit me once or twice with a, with a few pellets. And so thank God he didn't put one of my eyes out. But it, that's when, you know, I felt the need to kind of take it upon myself to take action. Um, I really didn't want to get my parents involved because even back then, it was a difficult thing to be a predominantly black family or I'm sorry, a black family in a predominantly white neighborhood. And of course, you have a problem with one of the white kids in that neighborhood. So it was one of those things of don't make a fuss. 
don't stand out, don't bring unwanted attention to the household, this, this, and that. So I, I didn't feel the need to tell my parents, you know, uh, I, I don't know if I told them eventually, but at that time, I didn't feel the need to tell them. So what I did was I told my big brother, and I was like, yo, this is this, this, this is happening. You need to handle it. He's like, bet. So, you know, he's kind of watching out for me. And he told me straight up, he's like, look, this is a little boy. He's like, I can't do anything to a little boy. He said, you're going to have to defend yourself. And I'm like, well, can't you just tell him to stop? Blah, blah, blah. He said, no, fuck that. He's like, you defend yourself. He's like, if anybody does anything to you. And it's funny because my grandfather said this when I got in my first fight fight as a as like, I don't know, five, six year old. And it was, you know, if somebody does something to where you feel your life is in danger, defend yourself. And so at that, after that point, I kind of put my foot down. Another situation happened. I don't remember it, but somehow we ended up, everything turned around. We ended up becoming friends in a very weird, very weird way. We ended up becoming friends for the duration that we had lived in that neighborhood. And we, we, we hung out and they came over and I went over there and blah, 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 blah. It was almost like a good job. You handled that well. You didn't overstep your boundaries. You didn't look like another angry black guy. You know what I mean? Because that seems to be uh, a rolling theme, especially in like major media and even in TikToks and World Star and everything. It's like you're just you're just another angry black man. You're just another angry black girl type situation. And I didn't want to be that guy. So, of course, I've seen racism happen with friends, family, myself, you know, just just everything that you can think of minus physical assault, at least on my person when it comes to racism, I've I've pretty much dealt with. And so when I saw this video, of this little white boy, this little Caucasian boy with a whip at a black family's house, I was just set. I just sat there dumbfounded, jaw agape, like, dude, are we back in the are we back in old times? I almost slipped. I'm sorry. Are we back in the old times? Like, is this roots? Like, seriously, where's LeVar Burton? Where's where's uh, I almost said Samuel Jackson? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, where's LeVar Burton? Where's Mr. Simpson? You know what I mean? Like, what 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 are we doing here? Or, or you know, do I need to put my shackles on? Am, am I am I like, what is this? Why do you have a whip in your house, my dude? I don't care if it's for fun. I don't care if it was for a Halloween costume. I don't care what the shit it was for. The fact that your son decided that of all the objects, of all the weapons, of all the things I'm going to grab to address this issue, to bring this this issue to a close, to find some resolution, I'm going to grab a whip. You are racist. Your family is racist. That is the most racist thing you could do in any situation involving a Caucasian person and an African-American person. Why do you have a whip? Why does your son think it's a good idea? No, Fuck that. Why does your son have the audacity? Why does your son have the privilege that he can decide that I'm going to go to these people's house and I'm going to hit their door with this whip? So I want this little girl to come out so I can hit her with this whip. That's fucking insane to me, man. That is mind blowing. If I was an emotional person, I would be crying right now. That is insane. Not only that. When the dad, uh, uh, the, the, the Nash family father tried to address Brian, this stupid motherfucker pulled out a gun. Wait a minute. A gun? You felt your life or your family's life or your property was in danger. 
So you brought out a firearm. How? Where were you in danger? Show me. We have video. We seen the footage. Show me where you felt you, your family, or, or your properties, you know, lives or something was in danger that you had to bring out a firearm. Not only that, you're so stupid and bad at handling a gun, your dumbass put it down and almost shot your daughter. Bro, come on. Like, what are we doing here, folks? What are we really doing here? You know what I mean? Like, the, the, the shit just gets under my skin. But it was just crazy to me that people's lives can be so drastically different as far as life experiences that one side kind of claims racism doesn't happen that it that it isn't real and then the other side is is so deep in it that they can't see anything but racism you know all the rest of us of course are caught in the middle because we know it's those of us in, of color and uh you know what i'll even lump in the caucasians because i'm seeing i'm sure they've seen some shit too it is it, it, it's just like yo have we not advanced enough as a society as a culture to stop looking at skin tone like are, are we are we that dumb you know what i mean and and, and it kind of goes back to what i said in one of the previous episodes like we're not the smartest species on earth <laughs> if you really want to break it down to the nitty-gritty yeah we have language and we walk and talk and we have technology but what do we do with all of this shit we hurt people constantly with it we we're we're killing each other first of all black on black crime is ridiculous that's the stupidest shit i've ever heard in my life first of all brothers should not be killing brothers sisters should not be killing sisters we definitely shouldn't be shooting each other over a color that's just mentally perplexing beyond my years we're still killing each other over the color of clothing we wear and then on top of that we got to deal with caucasian people in in some cases more cases than not wanting to kill us you know what i mean because that just happened recently with the young the young black man who was jogging down the road decided to cut through some type of residential construction area and these white people decided to chase him down in their truck and kill him to protect the community what the fuck like, I'm so sorry to use strong language, but what the absolute everlasting living fuck? I thought we were better than this, man. I thought we were really going to achieve some really good shit right now. You know what I mean? We just came out of COVID. Everybody's happy to get out of the house. Everybody's happy to get these masks off. You know, uh, uh, the cost of living just went up. Gas is through the roof. We're dealing with Ukraine and Iraq. We're dealing with <laughs> Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Dealing with Will Smith and Chris Rock and Will Smith and Jada Pinkett. And just all this Harvey Weinstein and Epstein and all these shits. And yo dumbass son decides that he wants to literally be the most racist person he can think of and take a whip to a young black girl's house. Oh, I can't say I'm overthinking this because it's real. It's legitimate. You don't have to be black to experience racism. You know what I mean? If you're like I said, if you're old enough to comprehend language and your family taught you a thing or two, you don't really have to be that old to experience racism. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I've experienced it at work multiple times. I've experienced it on my day to day. Uh, you know, I got a six year old. I'm going to have to teach him about it. Tell him about my experiences. His mom's done been through some stuff. My mom, my dad, my brother, my sister-in-law, they've been through some stuff. You know what I mean? It, 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 it's a generational curse. And it's, it takes me back to why I'm so religious and why at least my faith, you know, Christianity makes so much sense because, you know, if you want to get spiritual about it, because if you can't fix something physically, that means it must be spiritual. 
And this is not getting fixed. You can see it's just it's a it's a generational curse. You know, they just keep passing it down to make sure the situation never gets resolved. And of course, may, uh, uh, social media and, and big media, you know, the news and stuff, they don't really help that either with all their hyper focusing and, and buzzword vomit that they play uh, when it comes to those situations. So I, I, I hope, I believe that one day we will get past this, but at the same time, that's me living in a hypothetical world, kind of not shifting gears, kind of changing directions ever so slightly. When I say this is a spiritual thing, you know, in, in if you're not, if you're not in a religion, you know what I mean? If you're not a believer, you don't have to be a Christian for this part. But if you're not a believer, if you're not a spiritual person, you can go ahead and check out at this point. Thank you so much for listening. Love you. Head in the clouds, feet in the ground, all that fun stuff. When it comes to racism, it, it's sin. That's That's what it boils down to. Like, I literally believe that people cannot help but to become racist because no one's born racist we're we're born clean slates you're not good you're not bad you're you're just you're a clean slate you know what i mean what's put into you develops your overall character so i i believe that racism has to continue it's 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 what do they call it i forget unnecessary casualty you know what i mean it's the cost of doing business it's crazy. Like you would think people would just kind of grow out of racism. You know, slavery's over. You know, we have a multicultural nation now. We have a multicultural planet. We were constantly learning things day to day about how other people live. And with the expansion of social media and technology, we're constantly getting to literally live a day in the life of other people in most cases. And you still think that because of the color of my skin, I'm below you. I'm I'm not worth anything. I'm a I'm a auto, I'm an item to be owned. I'm I'm a pet to be kept. You know what I mean? I'm I'm just a thing. I'm less than, I'm cursed. That's that what? What? And and don't get it twisted cuz I'm sure these people are religious, whether it be Catholic, Mormon, Christian, what have you. They go to church. You know what I'm saying? You could tell just by looking at it. And, and I don't even need to do any research on this Brian Bronson cat. I'm pretty sure they go to church, 95% sure, which means you you believe in God. You follow a higher power. The Bible teaches us to love our fellow man. He doesn't say love your fellow skin-toned man. He doesn't say love the guy next to you as long as he's the same color. None of that shit. Love your fellow man. Treat your neighbors as you would treat yourself. Treat other people as you would want to be treated. So, Brian, would you like it if me... Not saying I would, but if me or anybody else came to your door with a whip, hitting your door, damaging your property just to get your attention, not even your attention, your child's attention. Because like I said, these people have had interactions. These children have had interactions before. And due to the fact that the Nash father knew exactly where they were going, the family anyway, knew exactly where they were going to confront this little boy means that they've had interactions. So instead of the father being a fucking man and putting it in his little stupid ass son's head to yo respect women respect them i don't give a shit what color they are you respect a fucking female if you got a problem my little dude figure out a way to fix it that doesn't involve violence racism bigotry and ignorance be better you know what i mean like i'm 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 moving past the fact that she was black she's a female She's a female. What would you have done had she answered the door? You're going to harm a female? Like, what? 
A female brought you into this world, my dude. A female raised you, fed you, clothed you, kept you warm at night. Your sister, who's older than you. I'm sure y'all have a good working relationship, but you, because this little girl is black, decided that she was worth less than. That's sick. That's twisted. That's ignorance. Vile. Absolutely disgusting. Soul-wrenching. We need to do better, y'all. As parents, you need to teach your, ch your children respect, not just for all races. Genders, religious beliefs, cultural backgrounds, it doesn't fucking matter, yo. We need to accept each other as we are. Everybody is unique. Every single person on this earth is unique. And you're over here treating people like they're less than because they're darker than you? Because they got some melanin in their skin? No, y'all, we have to do better. We can do better. We have done better. You know what I mean? And this is not to disregard anything that a Caucasian person has done, you know, to help an African-American or, or to, to better our community or to help us grow as a community or anything, contributions, whatever. You know what I mean? I'm not saying all white people are racist towards black people. I'm not saying everybody is racist in general. But I believe that because racism is a sin, that it will continue to perpetuate and repopulate throughout the generations because we, we just can't get rid of it, unfortunately. And that's just that's just what it boils down to. So as mu as angry as this makes me, because I mean, don't get it twisted. Everything else beforehand has has definitely gotten under my skin. But I try to keep my mouth shut because I don't I don't a I don't want to damage the brand. But B, I don't want to I don't want to sound like just an angry black man. You know, what I mean. I'm intelligent. I, I, I have feelings. I have words that I want to speak. And I have these thoughts that I want people to, to know and understand what, what's going on in my head. Uh, I can't just sit idle anymore. You know what I mean? I, I, I really, yeah, I really want us to help in any way, shape or form this child. He's nine years old, which means he still has time. He can, he can be helped. He can be educated. He can be taught. He's nine. You know what I mean? He, he's still in his formative years. His dad? Fuck that guy. Nah, I'm good. He's done. He's too old. He's locked into his racism. Uh, it, it's a strong health philosophy of mine. After a certain age, people are just locked into the way they are. Uh, I'm going to say that's probably around 40, 50, maybe even 50, 60. But after a certain age, you're not changing. As far as Brian Brunson goes, I will pray for you and your racist-ass family. Because as much as I don't like your actions, as much as I think you are a piece of garbage, as much as I think you should rot in jail, not only for tr uh, raising a racist son, but for almost shooting your daughter because you were being a pompous prick, I will still pray for you because I want the best for you and your family. And I hope your son and your daughter learn from the situation. And I hope you're able to sit down with people of color to understand the consequences of your actions and how far-reaching your actions go. Because what was between a little boy and a little girl has now gotten millions of people involved. All eyes on you, Brody. Brian Brunson, douchebag. Good job. I wish you nothing but the best. I hope you and your family are safe. To the Nash family, my hat's off to you. My heart bleeds for you and your children. But I want you to know you did a good fucking job. You did a great fucking job. You didn't cross the line. And I know it's hard. I, I know it's so hard. Been there, done that. Minus the whip. Been there, done that. But you did it. Thank you. Because you've shown the world that we are better than what they think we are. We are better than what we used to be. 
if that wasn't already good enough. We're better now. Your stupid words, your stupid actions, your racism is not going to bring us down to your level. Good fucking job. Thank you. Little Brunson, if you're listening to this, bro, you need some black friends. You need to squash that beef with that little girl. You need to learn some respect and call it a day. Keep it pushing, pimping. But that's just me. Maybe I'm overthinking it. Got a little ranty, a little heated, but I thank you so much for listening. I want to hear your feedback, comments, emails, whatever. Hell, you can even make a video in response to this. I'd love to see it. We, 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 need, we need to broadcast this type, these type of actions, and we need to make sure they are ridiculed and, and looked down upon so that even if somebody is racist, they'll be less likely to act out on that racism because maybe they won't want the public humiliation that comes along with these stupid actions and these stupid words. So go ahead, please share this. I know there's a little bit of cursing in it, but even if it's for a younger person, preferably, you know, in their teenage years, this is something they need to hear. You know what I mean? This is, I'm just one black voice in a chorus of many. So thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, check us out on our social media, Patreon, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, check us out on Anchor and YouTube. Please like, share, subscribe, leave a comment, ring the bell. I'm D. Project Airwaves, keep your head in the clouds and your feet on the ground and ever pushing forward. Oh, we got to do better, y'all.